0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Did we have a good time this morning at church? Is anybody going to be booking any uh, airline tickets to Egypt? To Cairo? (laughs) If you weren't here, you'll have to listen to the podcast. That flew over your head, but uh, amen. So tonight, what we're going to be talking about is this. It's something that Jesus himself said. It's a quote directly from Jesus. The title is this The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, have you ever heard that phrase before? This is something that Jesus uh, told us. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and I want to show you the context of which he said that in. And so we're going to open our Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 14. Let's go over there. Mark chapter 14. Kelly, they're not excited about the word. Yeah, let's go. Mark. I know. Hey, Mark 14. Come on, guys. It's the word. It's time for the word. Hey, we got you going this morning. It hard plowing for a minute there, but we got you through it. We woke you up. We'll do the same tonight. Don't make us. Don't make us. Mark fourteen. We're gonna look at verses thirty-five through thirty-eight in the New King James Version. But this is Jesus praying uh, the night before uh, before he was uh, to be taken. But Mark chapter fourteen, verse thirty-five, it says he went a little farther. And fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Because Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen. I mean, we've said it a thousand times. He was not blinded to the fact that he was going to be crucified. This, this wasn't a news flash to him. He saw what was coming. And so he fell to the ground and he were praying, if it's possible, Lord, take this away from me and, and let's do something different. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will or not my will, but thy will be done. Because Jesus, listen, he wanted to save the world. He wanted to to make a way for salvation. But you got to realize nobody wants to be crucified. Nobody wants to go through that pain. And Jesus saw it coming. But notice in the end, he said, but you know what? Not my will, not my way, but let's do it your way, Lord. And that's the attitude that Christians have to have. I mean, sometimes we go through, we go through seasons, we go through stuff that it wasn't really our plan. It wasn't really the way we would have chose to go, but we've got to be to this place where Jesus wasn't saying, listen, I'm going to serve you anyway and not my way. Let's do it your way, God. And that's what Jesus was saying. But let's continue here. Then he came. "...and found them sleeping." His disciples, they were sleeping in Jesus' greatest hour of need. They fell asleep, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch even one hour? He's like, you couldn't stay up for one hour when I need you the most? You're falling asleep on me? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." And that just, that pierces me man, that hits me because that's true in my life. The Spirit is willing, my Spirit wants to do the things of God all the time, but it's very seldom that my flesh feels like doing the things of God. The Spirit is willing, But the flesh is usually weak and it doesn't want to do it. It does not want to get up early and pray. It does not want to get up early and read my Bible. It does not want to love my neighbor as myself. Now my spirit does. My spirit says that's the right way to do it. You've got to do this. But the flesh is weak. It very rarely has the desire to just do the things of God. But we cannot be people that let our flesh or our emotions, or our physical bodies dominate who we are. You have got to let your spirit be the thing that's in charge of you. You're born-again spirit, and you'll see what we're talking about as we study this out. But I can say a double amen that, yeah, I, I get it. The spirit is willing, no doubt about it, but the flesh is pretty weak, and we have got to overcome the flesh. Amen? And so we're going to say prayer here and we're going to get right in to three things here that the word is speaking to us tonight. Father, in Jesus name, Lord, I pray that right now, right this minute, as we're sitting here in your presence, as we're sitting here in your house, that you will speak to each person that is present, Lord, or each person that's listening to this podcast on the internet later, Lord, I pray that you will get our attention. You'll get a hold of us and Lord, you'll, you'll speak some truth to us, Lord, even if we don't want to hear it, even if it makes us uncomfortable, we want truth. We want what you have for us, God. So I pray that each person will listen tonight and open up their hearts and their minds to the word of God in Jesus name. Everybody said, Amen. amen. So let's talk about this how you can let the Spirit be the one that's dominating. Number one, you need to have self-control. We need some people with self-control. Now, I can say this. If there's one thing lacking in 2018, I see lots of people, I see millions of people ...with no self-control. They just do whatever they feel like doing. They just do whatever they think feels good at the moment. Even if it's legal, illegal... ...if it's wrong, if the Bible says it's wrong... ...they just do it anyway... ...because we've got a a people... ...a generation that has no self-control. I mean, they'll just steal from me... ...because they feel like it. Well, I couldn't help myself. Really? You took my stuff, man. You could help that. we got people that... ...I mean, the, the things that have been clearly stated... ...as being wrong for thousands of years... But they won't control themselves because I don't have to. No one's going to make me. You can't tell me what to do. You can't judge me. Listen to me right now. As a Christian, as a born again Christian, you have to have self-control. And on top of that, it is possible. We can control ourselves in every single area. But I want to show you something in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, because whether you like it or not, we are each responsible for controlling ourselves. You know, it doesn't work anymore that you can just blame somebody beside you. Well, I didn't want to do it, but Dylan made me, man. You know, you know him. He made, he made me. That doesn't work. You are responsible, uh, for your own conduct. And I believe even the book of Philippians directly says we are each responsible for our own conduct. But the truth is, is that we all stand before Jesus someday. Who knows that? Who knows? You're going to stand before Jesus at some point in your life, and you're going to have to give an account of your life. And so, whether you whether you have you feel you can control yourself now or not, doesn't matter. You are going to talk to Jesus about it someday. Second Corinthians five verse ten it says, "For we must all stand before be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body." And so it says it right there. We're all going to have to stand before Christ at some point or another to be judged. Now, the truth of the matter is this, that when you became a born again Christian, you did become a new person on the inside, right? You're born again. You're brand new. Jesus washed you as white as snow on the inside. We know this and that that your sins are forgiven on the inside. You are a brand new person. Check it out. Jesus took care of cleaning the inside, but you're responsible for the outside, right? Jesus isn't going to come make you take a bath and use deodorant. That's going to be on you. you got to do that yourself. All right. He cleaned the inside. He cleaned your spirit. He washed you brand new. But a lot of people, they just think that, hey, whatevs, man, you know, listen, I do what I want to do. And if Jesus doesn't want me to do it, he'll stop me or I mean, listen, no. We are each responsible for what we do in this life and with our bodies. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You have got to overcome the flesh with the spirit and you are responsible for your body and your soul. Who knows this? Who knows that human beings, you're a three part being also, right? Because you're made in the image of God. According to Genesis 126, it says, People are made in the image of God. Well, God himself is a three part being. We got father, son, Holy Spirit, and God created people to be a spirit, soul and body. There's three parts there. But the sad thing is, is that the part of you that should be dominating is usually the one that's getting dominated by the other parts. I know a lot of people that are totally dominated by their soul. Now, your soul is your emotions and your mind. And so there's people that are their lives are a train wreck. They love the Lord. They, they believe in Jesus. They've received him into their heart, but their spirit does not dominate. Their spirit is not in control. Their emotions, their soul is. And so if they just feel like yelling and cussing you out because they're having a bad day, they're just going to do it. And because they're, it's because they're controlled by their emotions. If they feel like, well, I'm depressed. I'm out of here, man. Barstow stinks. Let's just move. This whole town's crazy. This isn't for me. Listen, bye, Felicia. Get out of here. We don't want you. Anyway, No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We love Barstow. But what I'm saying is this, is that when you're controlled by your emotions, when you're controlled by, by just, man, I don't know. I just blow up, man. Listen, you are not a mature person. You are an unstable individual. We can't have that. We have got to have soldiers in the army of God that have self-control. They don't get up and run away every time they have a problem and and act like a little sissy and head for the hills. We can't have that. We need people in God's army in 2018, right before Jesus comes back, that are willing to have some self-control. That'll wake up early and pray whether they feel like it or not. That'll get up and go to church, whether they feel like it or not, that they'll still serve in the house of God and fulfill the things that they told Jesus they would do, whether they feel like it or not. Jesus said anybody who puts their hand to the plow and then looks back is not even fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, wow. So you mean, if I make commitments to Jesus and I say, I'm committing to work for you, I'm committing to serve you, Jesus. But then I like I don't feel like it, so I just quit doing it. Jesus said, I love you, but you're not even fit for the kingdom of God. Those aren't my words. Those are the words of Jesus. And so I'm just challenging us tonight to examine ourselves. Why? Because your spirit is willing, but it's our flesh that is weak. And sadly, we let our flesh control us. Most of the time, if we don't feel like doing something, even if it's the right thing, we just don't do it. Even if we committed to Jesus to do it. How messed up is that? And so um, some people will say, well, listen, I I know the right thing to do, but I just can't control myself in this area. I have no self-control whatsoever in this area. And if you aren't born again, I would maybe kind of buy that. But if you profess to be a born-again Christian, you're telling a lie right now. Because, yes, you can control yourself. Absolutely. Why is that? Well, let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. Who's having a good time? You're glad you came tonight? Yeah? 2 Timothy 1.7. Now, in the King James Version, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I love that because I like people that have a sound mind. It's not that I don't like crazy people. I just don't want to hang out with them or let them be involved in my life. I love them, but I just, I don't really want to like spend my time with you. All right. But second Timothy one, seven, it talks about God has given you a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. But I love the, the, the new living translation here, which is a little bit more to the actual Greek. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So if you're a Christian and you say, I don't have any self-control, no self-discipline whatsoever. Well, what's going on then? Because God said that He gave you a spirit of self-discipline. Where'd you put it? Did you lose it somewhere? Did you leave it in your car? Did you, did you leave it out in the yard? And the, you know, the, it rained on it. What happened? Because God gave you a spirit of self-discipline. And if you're saying you don't have it, then it's not God's fault. Where'd you put it? Where'd you lose it at? The truth of the matter is this, is that you do have a spirit of self-control. You do have the ability to control your actions, your behaviors, and where you go, and what you do, and what you say. You absolutely can control it, but the flesh doesn't want you to. The flesh wants to yell and scream and curse people when they make you mad. But the spirit says, no, you can't do that. You gotta control that. You gotta act like a Christian. You gotta act like Jesus would in this situation. So don't ever again say, I, I know, I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I just can't help myself. Yes, you can. If you have Jesus on the inside, you absolutely can because he gave you a spirit of self-control. You just gotta start using it. And so the easiest thing to do is tattle on myself. Um, so I, th- there's, there's areas of my life that I have weaknesses in, all right? And I know a lot of, I say this and people are like, Pastor Dave, really? For reals. I've got, I struggle, man. The struggle is real in some areas. But, uh, so each Christmas, and I've told some of you this, but I'm just, can I open up? Can I be, can I be real for a minute? Can we get raw? Can we do that? Is that okay? All right. So at, at Christmas time, my wife always makes these things called Oreo truffles. Yes. And so what she does is she makes a truffle, and you guessed it, she puts Oreo on the inside. It's, it's incredible. And so she'll make dozens and dozens of these things. And I mean, for a few years there, every Christmas, like she would make them. And I'd find myself sneaking up in the middle of the night, getting into the fridge and, and like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, Jesus. And, and I'm eating all, these, all of them, man. Just, just dozens of these things. And that's not good. You shouldn't do that. that. That's wrong. And it got so bad to the point where she would even make some of his gifts for my brother's. <laughs> and i would i would get into the ones for my brothers yeah he don't, here's one of my brothers right here this is news to him he didn't know that these even existed and so so i got caught man i got busted and i'm like man i couldn't help myself something came over me man it was like an out-of-body experience i'm just stuffing these things in my mouth and and then i realized like wait a minute what I should have said is, if, if this is wrong, I don't want to be right. Like this is too, this is too good to give up. But I should have exercised self control. And ever since that point, I think it's about 2015. Man, the last few Christmases, I've controlled myself, and it did help that this year she didn't even make any. But uh, but but still, but but the, 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 the fact of the matter is this: it was a lie to say I couldn't help myself. I just had to do it. I mean, something came over me. Listen, if. Something came over you the spirit of god still on the inside of you right and he said i have given you a spirit of self-control a spirit of self-discipline and so some people they don't just their excuse for not having self-control but i was born this way man it's who i am i was raised in a family that did this this is who we are it's our it's our this is how all of us are man well you've got to overcome that because you've been born into a new family I'm not saying, you know, we're not getting rid of the old one. We, we love them and thank God for them. But at the same time, I identify more with being a born-again Christian than I do with being a member of the samples family. I mean, and I'm, I'm great. You know, that's great. I got great, you know, ancestors and, and people that I'm related to. It's awesome. And that's cool. But I'm more proud that I was born into the family of God and that I'm a son of God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm Jesus little brother according to Romans 8. And so I'm more proud of that fact than I am that I was born into the samples family. And, and so, and yeah, I mean, there's definitely some hereditary things that can come down to you from your ancestors, but you are still responsible for what you do, right? I come from a long line of alcoholics, you know, hey, the samples family, long line. And there are people that I'm related to that I am, I'm proud of, man. I'm not, I, I, I mean, I'm not, But I'm not proud to be related to some of these people there. There's some lunatics over there, man, out in the woods of Indiana. I mean, they do some crazy stuff. But but listen, we have overcome that lineage of alcoholism, starting with my dad. He was an alcoholic, too, when he was younger, but he broke through that and he was born again into the family of God. And out of there's what seven kids in his family and we're the only ones that aren't alcoholics out of seven. I've got cousins that are probably laying in the ditch drunk somewhere tonight, but we're not because we broke through that. Why? My dad chose to take his family a different direction. He decided to start having some self-control. He decided that he was going to live for Jesus. And I'm glad he did. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh didn't want to do that, but the spirit did. And so I am encouraging you tonight that you have self-control. Even when you're tempted, you have self-control. And, uh, and you know, I, I love this. You can just throw this up there, Jose. Jesus, uh, It tells about Jesus in Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, But he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. And so it's not a sin to be tempted because Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned, right? But he was tempted, but he overcame it. And so if you're tempted with something, Jesus was tempted also, but he overcame it. Why? Because he did not let the flesh control him. Because listen, he lived in this in this earth with a body, right? He was born into this world as a human being. He had flesh. He had blood. He was a person. He was tempted, it says, just like you are, yet without sin, because the, the spirit dominated who he was. That was why in his moment right there before going to the cross, he said, God, if there be some other way, let it happen. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. That was Jesus' example of how we are to be. And so number one, you need to have some self-control. Number two, discipline yourself. Who likes discipline? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, people don't like discipline. It, 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 we don't like it, but how do you grow in any area? The, the only way to grow with anything is to force yourself to do it. To get better at it, man. If you're not good at something, but you want to be good at it, you don't just sit there and, and say, well, I, I hope I get good at this someday. I hope I do. I hope I do. I think I will. you got to actually go out and do it, man. And so, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Let's talk about discipline for just a minute. Let's hear it for discipline. Weirdos, nobody likes discipline. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Now, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. I mean, listen, everybody's out there running. Everybody that's in the race, everybody's running. But listen, you need to be the one that's going to get the prize. Only one person wins. Especially in Jesus' day, there were no participation trophies. Only one person got one, right? You didn't get one for finishing in 12th place. And only only the first place person gets the prize. And so he says, you ought to run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just out here running because I I'd like to run. I'm running with a purpose. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And so he said, even as a Christian, Paul wasn't, you know, really an athlete. He wasn't really a guy that was out running marathons. But he said, even for this Christian life, I discipline my body like an athlete. I make it do things that it doesn't want to do. And sometimes we've got to do that. Sometimes we do need to fast. Sometimes we do need to show our body who's boss. Sometimes we do need to make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable so we can discipline the flesh. So we can say, listen, you are not calling the shots my spirit is. Because Paul said, I don't want to preach to everybody else and then get disqualified myself. I don't want to tell everybody else how to live life the right way. And then in the end, I lose. I'm running to win. Who's running this race to win it? I don't want to finish in 12th. I don't want to finish in 2nd or 3rd. I want to win. I don't like 2nd place. I like 1st place. I want to win. 2nd place is just the 1st loser, right? No, no, all right. We'll, we'll just, all right, well, good, booze, okay. But what I'm saying is this, is that we are running to win. And that needs to be our attitude in this Christian life. And you are going to have to discipline yourself. And if you want to get stronger spiritually, it takes some discipline. You know, before I had kids, I've said this, man, I could wake up and goof off for a while and then go read my Bible when I get around to it. Like, okay, that's cool. But after I had kids, I couldn't do that anymore because... I Once the kids are up, like, pretty much all productivity is shut down for the day for me. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even screw in a light bulb without somebody just coming in and doing something crazy. So, it's like, if I want to get something done, it has to happen before the sun comes up and before my family wakes up. And you're like, that's crazy. Well, don't judge me. That's, that's me. You do you. But, so, after the kids started getting older, I'm like, man, I, I'm having, I'm struggling getting time in the Word. And so, I would, for about seven years now, man, I, I force myself, whether I feel like it or not, I roll out of bed as early as I can get myself out, man. I'm going to get out there, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to discipline my body to spend time in the Word of God. And sometimes my body says, no, 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 just hit the snooze, just sleep in longer. You, you know, you, you need more sleep. And, and I'm telling you, man, I've got to force myself out sometimes but I don't regret it. I am so glad that I have disciplined my body to get up very early in the morning to spend time with Jesus and in his word. It took discipline. It was hard. But I'm telling you right now, what are some areas where you could discipline yourself to make time for God? What are some Maybe you should shut the TV off for five minutes. Maybe you should give God longer. Okay, God, you've got this commercial break to come in and change my life forever. You've got three commercials. Let's go right now. Lord, rain it down. Rain down the revelation. And then by the time your show gets back, oh, sorry, God, it's back. That's how a lot of us live. I, I spend time with God every day, man. Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. We, I, read a, I read a proverb in the morning. I, I say a prayer before bedtime. I, I've got a great relationship with God. That's cool. If you're like four years old and you have no battles to fight in life, but if you've got real battles in life, it's going to take more than reading a verse a day and praying. Now I lay me down to sleep. It's going to take some legit spending time with God and it's going to take shutting some other things off in your life. And you're like, well, I, man, I want to, I want to have victory. I want to have peace. I want to have joy. I want to have all these great things. The Bible promises. I just don't want to actually read my Bible to get them. It doesn't work that way. Like we said this morning, it's not a cheap and easy path to follow. Jesus said, "Follow me." The, the path that I take. Listen, it's difficult. It's narrow. The way to destruction is broad. There's a highway to hell, but there's a one lane road going up to heaven. And that's why a lot of people, are like, oh, I just want the freeway, man. Give me the fast route. Give me the quick and easy way. I just, I want all the blessings. I just don't, but I, I want to get them the quick way. That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. You've got to give God some of your time. You've got to lay down some of your life. You've got to give up some of the things that that you just don't want to give up sometimes. But we promise you that it's always worth it because God's never asking you to give something up just to make you sad. It's always because he has something even better for you. And so what is it that he could be asking you to lay down so you could let your spirit be more in control of the flesh? Maybe he's asking you to fast something for a little while. Maybe he's asking you to to get up extra earlier, stay up even later, maybe do without something. What is it? Whatever it is. Hey, that's your business It's between you and God. But I can promise you this, that God could really come in and change your life if you give him a little bit of room, if you'd be willing to go the extra mile, if you'd be willing to discipline yourself. Remember, in high school, I wanted to get a lot better at basketball. And listen, in, in Indiana, basketball is it basketball is like, you need to go to church, but you better be playing basketball too, or, or you are going to be frowned upon. You are a poor citizen of this community if you're not a baller. And so we played ball like every day, I mean every single day. And and so we wanted to get better at basketball but I realized I couldn't just pray to get better and Jesus would just you know, rain down the spirit of Michael Jordan and give me the Jordan spirit and like, there it is, boom. No, I had to go out and, and work at this. So, I mean, in the summertime, I would get out there. I'd go to the city park before daylight broke. I'd just sit out there and shoot jump shots all by myself for hours, man. And and then people would start showing up and we'd place the ball. And you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Well, listen, I wanted to get stronger in this area. And so I was willing... To do what other people, a lot of other people weren't willing to do, man. I'd be out there balling all morning every day, man. And when, but listen, when school got back in session in the fall time, I was really glad that I played ball all summer. Cause guys that used to beat me, I'll, I was taking them to school, man. That was just three, threesville all day long. And so, uh, and so I'm telling you, it paid off. But are there some battles that you want to win in life? Maybe you're going to have to have a little self-discipline. Maybe it's not God's fault that you haven't been winning. Maybe it's your fault that you aren't disciplined enough to put in the extra time in prayer, to put in the extra time in the Word. Maybe it's time to say, man, my spirit's been willing, but my flesh has been weak. I quit every time things get hard. I give up. I I I blow things up and want to start all over again every time it gets hard. Listen, have some discipline. Have some control. Have a little bit of guts. Have a little bit of grit about you and quit quitting all the time, man. We don't need quitters in here. Any quitters in the house? No, don't raise your hand right now. But what I'm saying is this. Don't be a quitter. Follow through, man. Finish. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't quit halfway through the salvation things that Man, this is really hard. I give up, dude. This is awful. Because Jesus said, man, if I wanted, I could ask my Father for six legions of angels. Now, uh, now that would equal, if you break it down, that would equal 72,000 angels. And so Jesus said, I could ask God right now to send in 72,000 angels to get me out of this whole crucifixion thing. But he didn't quit. And then we quit because we get uncomfortable. We quit because I just don't feel like doing it anymore. It was cool when I started this commitment to the Lord, but I just don't feel like it anymore, so I quit. Listen, we've got to get through this thing, man. We cannot have quitters anymore. We've got to have people that really are fit for the kingdom of God. People that Jesus really can count on. I am grateful every day of my life that Jesus... Not a quitter. I'm glad that Jesus, when He makes a commitment, He keeps it and He finishes the job every single time. And so we need people with the heart, man. We need people in God's army, not just in this church, but all across the body of Christ. We need people that have the heart. That says I'm not going to quit. Even though I feel like it. I do not feel like going forward. I do not feel like waking up early. I do not feel like putting in the extra time. I don't feel like loving this person. We need people that their heart dominates who they are. We will take heart every single day man. Give me people with heart. I'll take that over talent seven days a week man. I will take people with heart every day of the week. I remember I had... When I led worship, I had this guy that was a great musician, best musician I ever had, but he didn't have the heart, man. He had the talent, but his heart was awful, awful. And so he thought, well, you know, he'd show up when he felt like it, man. He'd just call in the day before. And, eh, eh. you know, what? actually, he wouldn't even call. It'd be five minutes till service time. And I don't have this musician in this spot. And I'm like, dude, where yet? Uh, not coming today. Hello. Like you're leaving me hanging like that. And so, listen, I had to fire the guy from a volunteer position. It's not cool to get fired from a volunteer position, but I had to fire a lot of people as worship leader. That stinks. That's no fun. But, man, I had to, I had to start firing people and getting rid of them. Like, sorry, uh, you, you committed and then you looked back. You won't even show up. You're not fit for the kingdom of God. I didn't say that because you know how nice I am. Yeah. Me with my raging temper just flew off the handle and I blew people up. No, not really. But, you know, like, hey, uh, we're looking for someone else that actually comes to church. So you're going to have to We'll find someone else. But I did, I'm i telling you, man, I was out of people. What could I do? Well, I just started finding people that actually had a heart and actually showed up to church. So I started grabbing teenagers and teaching them instruments. You, you look like you can play drums. Get over here. And so I started just teaching these kids how to play instruments. And they never touched them in their lives before. But at least they came to church. At least they loved God. And so with that, we had a ragtag team of teenage musicians, but that's what led the worship of this church for years. And I'm grateful. They didn't have the most talent in the world. I had a drummer that couldn't keep beating. He'd slow down all the time and stuff. But praise God, he showed up. And I'm telling you, I would take that every day of the week over someone that has all the talent in the world, but has a crummy heart. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so examine, what mom? And some of those young people are still playing to this day, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and they ended up being really good. But, but you know, it didn't start that way. All they had was a heart and availability. And I will take heart and availability. I'll take that, man. Over a talent and a bad attitude, we'll take the heart every day. And so examine yourself tonight. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Point number three, you need to start building your spirit up. Okay, you've got self-discipline, you've got self-control, you can discipline yourself, but you need to build the spirit up. If the spirit is willing, you need to build it up. You need to focus on that. A lot of times people just focus on the weak areas. Well, I'll focus on this, but you need to focus on your strength, man, your spirit. That's the strong part of you. So if the spirit is the only part of me that's willing, I know my emotions aren't, I know my flesh isn't willing, that I need to focus on the one part of me that is willing to serve God. And that's my spirit, because I don't care how long you've been saved. The flesh, even to this day, doesn't always feel like doing the things of God. My emotions and my soul don't always feel like doing the things of God. But my spirit every day says, yes, we are going to do this. Yes, we are going to do this. And so you've got to focus on that. Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at this real quick. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. Galatians five sixteen and 17. So we need and we are looking for an army of God, of people that don't quit when it gets tough. People that have some self-control, some self-discipline, people that are stable. I love stable people. Oh, man. I like to hang out. I like to be around. I like to buddy up to stable people. I absolutely, if you're stable, I love you. Praise God for you. You are awesome. I don't care if you're the most beautiful person or not. I don't care if you're the most talented or not. If you're stable, let's be friends. I love you. You're stable. Stable people are awesome. Unstable people, they drive me up a tree sometimes. Like, oh my gosh, just stick with it. But Galatians five sixteen 16 through 17 So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your intentions. And so it says it right there, man, your nature, your sinful nature, it's always going to be fighting the spirit until the day you die. Your sinful nature, your flesh, your soul, your emotion, they're always going to be fighting what the spirit wants to do. And so you are going to have to have the discipline to say, no, spirit, we're listening to you. Because when you let the Holy Spirit guide your life, he is controlling. He is, he is, he's from, from the inside helping you make right choices. Don't let the flesh dominate because it's never gonna to want to do the things of God. It's constantly gonna to want to do emotional, irrational, angry, bad things. You have to let the spirit dominate. The stronger you get spiritually, I can tell you this, the easier it is to have self-control. The more, the more focus the more effort you put into your spiritual self to working out the spirit on the inside of you, the more word of God you give it, the more prayer, the more worship, the more you go to church, the more you build it up spiritually, it starts to get a lot easier to control the flesh. I am I mean, I, I'm not I'm just I'm speaking for me and not everybody else, but I don't really have any trouble of wanting to get mad and blow up at people and yell and cuss them out. That that's not something that really comes against me because I, I mean, I'm focusing on the spirit now. I mean, I've got weaknesses just like everybody else does, but that's really not a problem. I don't ever feel like doing that because listen, when you've got the word of God on the inside of you, you're like, man, I need to, what does it say in Colossians three thirteen it says to make allowance for each other's faults. Yes, this person said something really mean about me, but I realize that they're going through something right now, man. I need to make some allowance for that. I wish they hadn't said that. I wish they hadn't done that to me, but I need to understand that they're coming from a place of hurt. That's the hurt in their life speaking right now. You need to be able to look beyond some things. And I'm just telling you now, man, you cannot be a little snowflake and get your feelings hurt and melt down every time somebody says something you don't agree with. Grow up. Gosh, I wish people would get to this place where they did not melt down. Well, he said this about me and I, oh, I can't stand him now. I got, grow up, man. If that's the worst thing that happened to you today, you're doing pretty good. Cause I know people in Nicaragua that don't have food. I know people in Nicaragua that literally are sleeping in the dump under trash bags. But somebody said something you don't like. So we're going to have a meltdown and throw a tantrum. Really? And you think you're going to be some spiritual warrior and fight the battles for the Lord? No, you're not. You can't even take somebody disagreeing with your political opinion without having a meltdown. And you literally think that God's just going to send you to the front lines of battle. No, he's not. You're not tough enough. You're you're not ready for this. And so we need people to toughen up. We need people to have a little grit. We need people to have some backbone and say, I don't feel like loving my neighbor. I don't feel like going the extra mile but I am going to do it anyway because my spirit is willing and my flesh it's weak it is not going to control me my flesh is not going to tell me how to live my life any longer and so the more you build up your spirit the easier it gets to have self control i like what smith wigglesworth said he said i'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than i am on the outside that's good Said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. You may be a little guy. You may be a little person in here, but that doesn't, that has nothing to do with how strong you are spiritually. You may be an absolute combat Navy SEAL ninja for Jesus on the inside, but you've got to realize that you've got to start building up the spirit. You've got to start putting in the time. And so quickly, very quickly, two ways that you could start Building up the spirit. And there's many more ways, but these are just two quick ones. Two ways that you can start building yourself up in the spirit and you could start overcoming some things that used to hold you back. Number one, this is so obvious, the word, the word of God. You could build yourself up big time. This is the main way. But look at 1 Peter 2, 2. Really quickly here. 1 Peter 2, 2. Let's check this out. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. But we have got, man, you, you've got to get a hold of this. The Word of God. First Peter 2 2, in the New King James, it says, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. And so it says, Newborn babies, what do they desire? They just want they just want pure milk, man. They're not asking, they're not asking for something more than they can handle. It said, You have got to crave the word of God that you may grow thereby. How do you grow? By by the word, the word of God causes you to grow. We all know this verse. Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so if you want to start getting stronger, step one, step one to start getting into the word of God. And you're like, well, I don't know what to read. Well, fortunately for you, we actually have a daily Bible reading program right here at church. You can go onto the website. We've got it every single day of the month. And every month we get a new list every day we've got some scriptures laid out for you and I encourage you that you should read more than just that but that's a start that'll get you jump started to get you some direction but you need to start reading the word of God and it's not just on the website out there on the front table I think we've got a a list of of what the scriptures are every day and so one way you could start building up is number one the word of God and the second thing I'm going to talk about is praying in the spirit if you're a born-again spirit-filled Christian, you should start spending some time every single day praying in the Spirit. Jude, verse 20. Jude only has one book. So, Jude, or one, yeah, one chapter. Jude, verse 20. Jude, verse 20. And I'm just, I'm giving you some shortcuts here, man. You've spent some time in the Word. you spent some time praying in the Spirit. You are going to grow. You are going to get stronger. Jude verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so when I am praying in the Spirit, I am building myself up. Paul said in Corinthians, he said, when you pray in the Spirit, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. And so no wonder I see somebody that's reading the word. They're praying in the spirit at home. Listen, that's a strong person. And that's someone that's going to have a stable, steady, good life. And so to break it all down tonight and bring it home to this, it's what Jesus said right there when he was praying his disciples. He needed a man. He's like, come with me and pray. As soon as he turns back around, they're all passed out sleeping everywhere. Why was that? Because they wanted to pray. Their spirits did. But their flesh was weak. They were tired. So they fell asleep right there on Jesus. And I'm telling us tonight, if you will not get to the place of letting your spirit get strong, you're going to do the same thing, man. You're, Jesus is going to be needing you. Someone's going to be needing you and you're going to be passed out somewhere because you just couldn't make yourself even stay awake for a little bit. And, and I'll put it this way. We're wrapping up. that something else Smith Wigglesworth said is most people will feed their bodies three hot meals a day but give their spirit one cold snack per week. Then they wonder why they're not strong. I mean, we feed our bodies every day. Like, yeah, breakfast, lunch, dinner, I got that. But then you think that one little snack per week is enough? What if you started treating your body how you treat your spirit? And you only eat once a week and that's on Sundays. For the rest of the week, you come, you, you, you come into church. Church day is the day that you're allowed to actually eat something. And so you come in here and, and you eat a cheeseburger. And then the whole rest of the week, you eat nothing else. Would you start to get weak? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you'd be really weak. And that's why so many people are totally weak spiritually. They're starving, man. They don't do anything to feed themselves all week long. They eat once a week, maybe a little snack here and there. They may read one verse a day, so they get a little vitamin or something. But, but that's not enough to really be a strong, stable person on. You've got to start taking this thing spiritually, or your spirit is going to be weak all the days of your life. And so I'm just encouraging you tonight. Just want to build you up and say, we're going to get stronger you're going to get stronger to, not, to the point where the flesh doesn't dominate you anymore, but where your spirit, your born-again Christian spirit on the inside starts calling the shots and you start doing the things that please God. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.